So I think I'll give you a little more on the conversation we had in a safety moment because I think it's time. You and I need to talk. It's not going to be bad or anything, so don't freak out. Don't get too worried. But I think we should talk about what it is we do and how it impacts our future and how we feel about our work and ourselves. I think that's a good conversation to have, so let's have it. You want to? I teased it earlier, but now I think it's time to actually make this conversation happen. Please welcome to the stage Todd Conklin. So, hi, everybody. Welcome to the Pre-Accident Podcast. I'm Todd Conklin. How is your October going? Yes, it's October. It's time. It's time to start thinking about everything that happens in the next couple months because it's a lot of good stock take time. And I wonder, just between you and I, how much really we look at what we have to be grateful for in a way that's meaningful and makes a difference. You know... I don't think I don't think people are genuinely naturally ungrateful. I mean, I, some people are. I clearly get a chance to meet those people pretty often, but I think we get so wrapped up in really. So there's really three ways we can see the world. You can you can live entirely in the past and just in absolutely fixate on what has happened, um, and and that notion of living entirely in the past is pretty common. I mean, you know people, you can name people. There are people in powerful national offices who clearly live only in the past. You you know these people, they're surrounding you, right? Those people, life for them must be really disappointing, kind of challenging, maybe is a better way to say that, because I think they're always wondering what happened, why it happened, and what they could have done differently, or or, or, or what if the world would have dealt them a different set of cards. That's one way to live, for sure. The second way you can live is to be completely nervous and worried about the future. You you know, it's funny, but I kind of think the Weather Channel has changed the way people travel. I remember, and I'm not old. Don't get me wrong. I'm young, baby. I'm young. But I remember in the olden days, back in the olden days, where you would just take off and drive on an adventure. And and the weather sort of happened to you, but you didn't really have a lot of control over it. Now, with with the 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 forecast we get on television and and our telephones constantly dictating and telling us what the future will hold, I think I wonder how much we don't do because we're worried it won't be successful. It, it won't be good, and I wonder how many opportunities we pass up because we're fixated on something that has not yet happened. And I, and I wonder how significant that makes sort of the context around decisions become, because it's it's a big one. And then there's the third way to live, which I remember working early on with the Forest Service wildland fire people. And they talked a lot about being present in the now. In fact, the, the word they used in wildland fire was mindfulness. And it's a word you hear used a lot with high um, reliability or HROs, highly reliable organizations, or as it's been kind of, it's now sort of called high reliability organizing because it's not a state of being, it's a process, right? 
that notion of being mindful. In fact, Ellen Langer was on the podcast a, a year or so ago. You heard that, I'm sure, where she talked about the notion of being mindful. And that's that's living in the present. Now, I don't want to get too Zen-like and freaky uh, talking about these places where we live, but the, there really are sort of these three ways, these three frames you can see the world. And I think they absolutely impact how we live our lives, and maybe more importantly for this podcast, how we do the work we do, whether we do it in our organizations, our companies, our clubs, our families, our church, you know, whatever you work in, it, that sort of impacts what you see. And I've thought about this a lot. And one of the things I know is that our work is incredibly important because we provide resilience and reliability to systems that if they fail, it has consequence, right? That's what we do for a living. But our work is somewhat not satisfying because, in fact, if we do our jobs well, the reward is that nothing happens. And so you can look at Eric Hallnagel. The question he asks all the time is, what's happening when nothing bad's happening? Those are really important questions. And I don't want to downplay that. That's vital to what we talk about. But I'm not sure it's today's topic. Today's topic is really about the fact that your job probably doesn't give you a sense of accomplishment like other jobs may actually have for other people. So I think about it. One of the jobs I have to do, because it's, it's one I signed up for, so I don't mind doing it, is laundry. And I think, well, now why would I like to do laundry? Because, I mean, there's other things that are more exciting. There's definitely worse jobs. The whole toilet cleaning thing falls in the line is not a good job. Emptying the dishwasher is my definition of hell. But laundry, why is laundry satisfying? And I've thought about it a bunch, you guys, because it shouldn't be by all I mean, it just shouldn't be by all rights, but it is. And I think it's satisfying because when you do laundry, at the end of doing laundry, you have a product. You have a nicely folded bunch of stuff, socks that you've carefully put together and underwear that you fold and towels that you fold, even though... Cow folding is somewhat controversial and ripe with other options. The thing about doing laundry is that at the end of the day, you have a product. And for your organizations, for the people you work with, many of you have products. I mean, you, you know what it feels like to have products. They're things you can measure. They're, they're things that you can sort of determine your effectiveness and your self-worth by that product. The problem is, is for us, workers who work with systems and keeping them reliable, the outcome of what we do doesn't really create a product. What it creates is normal, is reliable performance. It's nothing bad happening and everything working the way it's supposed to work. And even though I think that should be remarkably pleasing to us and very satisfying, both personally and professionally, I wonder if it in fact sets us up so that it feels like we didn't really do anything today. And I don't want you to feel like you didn't do anything today because you did a lot today. You just don't have anything to hold in your hand. You don't have a little pyramid of socks carefully matched or not matched. I hear you millennials. Socks do not have to match. I got, I get the message, right? You don't have a product at the end to show for it. And I think that really is an important part of the discussion 
that you and I need to have. And I've been needing to have this for a while, but you know, I'm just, I'm struggling just like everybody else figuring out this crap. I don't know. And I started looking around because, you know, every year I I sort of set a theme and I've done it for a long time. And those of you that have listened to the podcast kind of know about, well, the year I said yes to everything, that was a super fun year. Or the year I bought lunch for somebody every single day, that was a really fun thing. The year I tried to seek gratitude, which was not as successful as it sounds, but it was still pretty fun. I mean, I, tr- I, I always try to do things. One of the things that I've been really looking at is, is what is the definition of a meaningful life? Well, I mean, wh- what does that mean? And, and oh, we could go so many places with this. There's, there's definitely a spiritual definition, right? There's definitely a, a, a familiar definition. There's definitely a sort of a, 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 a giant sort of Zen-like worldview definition, but I started thinking about it and I started thinking, you know, how do I know what I do matters? And I think everybody thinks that. I mean, I think we're often consumed by the daily activities that we do. And yet saying that, I also am fully convinced that at the end of the day, you can look around and think what I do today, right? I mean, what, what did I accomplish? And that, I think, is what our conversation should sort of focus on, is this notion of being mindful, of sort of understanding and living not in the past because the past has already happened and not in the future because the future has not happened, but living in the present, being mindful, sort of being where you are. That's a really important skill. And then ultimately asking a bigger, deeper, richer set of defining questions because the power I've decided is not in seeking answers. Answers are kind of disappointing. They're the end of a quest. I think the power we have, in fact, is in asking questions. And so a couple weeks ago, I did a a quick little safety moment, uh, operational excellence moment. I don't know how you feel about this. It's really interesting to me. Like, I would think that's kind of unoffensive, just between you and I. I mean, that that doesn't seem like a horrible thing to do. But it's really funny. I get a lot of feedback from people um, who tell me that they don't like the short ones because they're too short. Now, see, I would think that the too short is never bad. Like, too short is too short. But, man, I get a lot. In fact, my dear friend David Smith told me, in no uncertain terms, he, he's not one to beat around the bush a little. He said, you know, they're, they're hardly worth downloading and listening to because they're over by the time I push go. He said, you ought to just do the long ones and maybe make them longer. Well, he runs and exercises and stuff, so I'm sure he has lots of opportunities. But a couple weeks ago, I did one of those short ones. I know, David, it's not satisfying, but I did it nonetheless, right? And I said, ultimately, there are three questions. There's a test by which you can sort of determine where you are on your journey. Right. And, and and that's a really good thing to know. Now, I believe ultimately there's there's a big test. In fact, I'll give you the quote that I use all the time. Here's a test to determine if your mission on Earth is finished. If you're alive, it's not. Now, that's a really simple test, but I mean, it's not done. Uh, it, it's not done. This next set of questions is really what I think of when I think of the work you do and the work I do. 
and the work other people do. And that is, I ask this question, and it's kind of a, it's it's a litmus test. In the Department of Energy, we always use the word, it's a ho-ho check. It's a ho-ho test. It's a, does this make sense? And the questions are really simple. Good work, done well, for the right reasons. Now, I want you to take a moment, because we got some time now, and you and I are just hanging out, right? This is kind of a... I don't know. We're not even going to talk to anybody else. It's just us, right? That question are those three statements that sort of become the metric by which you determine where you are in this journey. Those are pretty powerful questions. Good work done well for the right reasons. I love that. And I think the reason I love it is because it allows you to look at three very distinct parts of your career. The work you do is done for the right reasons. You are doing the work that makes a difference in the world, right? Doing it well is almost entirely focused on your knowledge, your skills, your attention, the way you believe and the way you think and the way you value who you are. Any job that's worth doing is worth doing well. And even jobs that aren't worth doing are worth doing well. And the crazy thing about asking the question, doing it well, is that I think it really leads us on the journey towards excellence. Because no matter how well you do the work, you'll always find places where you can learn and improve. So good work, we know that's doing the right thing for the right reasons to make your world, whatever that encompasses, church, community, organization, family, whatever, a better place. Doing that work well, which is a direct challenge to you on really this notion. Everything you do, you put a piece of yourself in and you do it with pride. You don't phone it in. Everybody gets the same load of hay. And then ultimately, the last question, good work, done well, for the right reasons. There, my friend, lies the rub. That's probably the moment, that phrase, for the right reasons, that allows us to actually sit back and ask questions about our motivation about what the word right means. And are we doing work for the right reasons? And it's interesting because when you ask that question, and it's really, really a powerful statement, right? When you ask that question, the answer is not nearly as easy as I hoped it would be. I think this one really allows you the opportunity to sit quietly with yourself and say, what is my motivation? Why am I here? What am I doing? And the amazing thing, you guys, and it's kind of amazing, is that those three statements, good work done well for the right reasons, those three statements become very powerful tools in actually creating satisfaction in not only your job and not only your organization, but in who you are and your life here on earth.
because the test to see if your mission in life is over is to ask this question, am I alive? And if the answer is yes, then your mission's not over yet. Good work, done well, for the right reasons. I wonder if we should have had this conversation a while ago. I mean, seriously, I think about it all the time. You know, we ebb and flow. We succeed and fail. All of those things coexist collectively. We definitely fixate on the past. We worry about the future, right? We forget the now. Those are all really normal things because we're human beings, right? We're not infallible. We're not perfect. We're not even close. But what's interesting is kind of knowing this little conversation that we had today, it almost gives you an advantage, at least cognitively, because it helps you understand sort of how to frame the way you're feeling and more importantly, what you're thinking and doing. That idea that you can frame cognitively and really develop from that, that's pretty powerful, dude, and dudesses, and dudits, and dudesses. I tried to include everyone. I want to be inclusive in this, right? Because that helps us understand where we're going and what we're doing. Life's not easy. Uh, Your job's kind of an interesting one. You picked it, so I mean, or... Maybe you didn't pick it. A lot of us didn't pick it, but we got it. You're in it, right? So I think the one thing we owe ourselves is the moment to sort of think back about what we do and think carefully about where we're going and think carefully about how we feel about it. And then out of all those thoughts, create a set of questions that guide us towards learning and improving. It guides us towards the answers that we think are most significant. So if you ask me, what's the test for a life well-lived? I think I'd look at you and say, good work, well done, for the right reasons. That is a conversation we should have had a while ago. Fortunately, we got to have it today. And that's good, man. That makes all the difference in the world because in the midst of all this stuff, normal life is just zooming by and all sorts of things are happening to us in all sorts of ways. And it's not bad. It's just the way it is. I can't thank you enough for allowing me the opportunity to be a part of this community that we've built around this podcast. I, I never take this for granted. I know the fact that you actually download this and take time out of your busy day to listen to this is a privilege. And I try to never, ever, ever, ever forget that. Because if I do, well, then I don't think this has any value. What I try to do every time I do this podcast for us is create a place where we can build community and reinforce, create confidence and capacity. We can sort of build on each other. That's why I want everybody to take some time And be on the podcast. I mean, be a part of it. But more importantly, I want you to know that the act of you listening is really, really, really important. And it's not an accident. I don't pretend like you didn't accidentally find this. I take the time to really understand that this is something that you don't give to everybody, but you've given it this, this, 
you've given the opportunity, if I could say that, God, it's hard to say, you've given this opportunity to this community, this podcast we've created. And I think it's been worth it. So we'll continue to do it if you don't mind. I mean, you can tell me if you want to, but uh, I think we'll just keep slamming them out twice a week as fast as we can. And even if it makes people crazy, I think we'll continue to do the little ones. I don't mind them. I don't think they're that bad. I mean, you know, they don't, they don't bug me, but you know, I don't really listen to them. So to be fair, David, I'm not, I don't listen to them. So maybe they are too short, but I'll keep doing the long ones as well. And this next year, just hold on to your hats. Oh man, there's all sorts of fancy pants people that, uh, want to be on the podcast and that's good. We will have lots to talk about next year as well. Cause there's really interesting things happening right now around, uh, our world, uh, around things like fatality prevention, serious injury prevention, essential controls, I think is, is about as exciting as anything I've heard in a long time. And really the fact that we're looking at systems and other people are joining on this journey. I, I think it's just amazing and I'm glad to be a part of it. So I think that's it. I mean, I think that's, 20 minutes out of your day that you sort of gave to me. And, uh, and I gave you a little bit of, uh, just my thinking on it. I don't know if this helps. I mean, I hope it does. It's, it's really helped me. It's been a part of my journey and it's kind of something I've discovered. And I, and few things I discover are as, uh, as helpful ultimately in the long run as this has been. And it's kind of an elongated version of this talk and in a way, it's a little bit of a pep talk, but I don't know. I, I kind of think we might need a little bit of a pep talk. So I'm okay with it, if you are. That is pretty much my message. That I want you to ask this question. How do I know if the work I do is important to the world? These three statements. It's good work. It's done well, and it's for the right reasons. That's the podcast for today. Learn something new every single day. Have as much fun as you can possibly squeeze in. I promise you it's worth it. And for goodness sakes, you guys, be safe. Please welcome to the stage, Todd Conklin.